It's Monday, April 19th, and this is Sea Talk. I'm your host, Nick Zaccardi, and this is your weekly news roundup for UNCW and the Wilmington area from our reporters at the Seahawk. In February, the UNC System Board of Governors approved an increase to student fees for health services and campus security starting in fall 2021. We have now learned that those increases will be in the upcoming fall semester. The health services fee will now be $246, an increase of $27, and the security fee will now be $60, an increase of $30. That brings the total increase to $57 for the 2021-22 school year. Due to the increase, an extra $335,000 will be collected from the students. The Board of Governors told each campus to specifically use the security fee money for costs associated with campus police officer salaries, training, substance abuse counseling services, and suicide prevention and intervention. The health fee increase varies across each of the UNC system schools, but the security fee increased the same across each campus. Compared to other UNC system schools, UNCW's fee increase still makes the health and services one of the lowest and the security fee increases about average. According to surveys sent out by UNCW, 35% of students supported or strongly supported the increase and 40% opposed or strongly opposed it. The SGA supported this reallocation with 20 yeas, 5 nays, and 2 abstentions. UCW has paused operations at their on-campus vaccination clinic effective immediately and until further notice. The pause is due to guidance from the CDC, FDA, and state guidance. On April 13th, both the CDC and FDA issued a pause on all administering of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to reports of rare blood clots. Out of more than 6.8 million doses of the vaccine administered in the U.S., six recipients reported rare blood clots and symptoms occurred 6 to 13 days after vaccination. To date, UNCW has not received any reports of similar health concerns among recipients vaccinated at the campus clinic. The CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is set to meet on April 14th to discuss and review the six reported cases of blood clots. Meanwhile, the FDA will also review their findings as it investigates the cases. Since its opening, UNCW has only been administering the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. According to a university spokesperson, UNCW has administered just over 2,500 doses. The university will share updates about the university's clinics, operations, and appointment rescheduling as information becomes available. If you experience a severe headache, abdominal pain, leg pain, or shortness of breath within three weeks after receiving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, please contact your healthcare provider. Two bills regarding the legal status of cannabis were filed in the North Carolina State Senate on April 7th. One would see cannabis become available for medical use in certain cases. The other would see the drug become fully legalized in the state. Senate Bill 646, or the Marijuana Justice and Reinvestment Act, takes a broad approach to cannabis regulatory reform. This bill, sponsored solely by Democratic senators, would allow certain quantities of cannabis to be possessed by adults 21 years old and up, as well as sold by approved and licensed vendors. The bill reads, Cannabis prohibition, like alcohol prohibition before it, has been a wasteful and destructive failure. About half of Americans admit to having used cannabis despite more than eight decades of prohibition. The prohibition of cannabis has had an unfair, disparate impact on persons and communities of color. A 2020 report by the American Civil Liberties Union found black individuals are 3.6 times as likely as white individuals to be arrested for cannabis possession, despite nearly identical use rates. Senate Bill 711 proposes only the medical legalization of cannabis. The bill is off to a promising start, receiving a bipartisan introduction by two Republican and two Democratic senators. The Republicans behind the bill both come from the Cape Fear area, with Bill Rabin representing Brunswick County 
and Michael Lee representing New Hanover County. This bill, also termed NC Compassionate Care Act, would allow patients suffering from certain ailments to be prescribed North Carolina-grown medicinal cannabis. The bill lays out certain conditions such as cancer, epilepsy, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, ALS, Crohn's disease, Parkinson's disease, and multiple sclerosis as those eligible for medicinal cannabis treatments, but says that diseases similar to those listed will be considered as well. Modern medical research has found that cannabis compounds are effective at alleviating pain, nausea, and other symptoms associated with several debilitating medical conditions. Stated the bill and its findings. This article is intended to make only those changes to existing North Carolina laws that are necessary to protect patients and their doctors from criminal and civil penalties, and is not intended to change current civil and criminal laws governing the use of cannabis for non-medical purposes. This recent slate of cannabis legislation comes off the back of neighboring Virginia, which passed a bill for the substance's legalization to begin in July. 37 other states have already passed laws to legalize cannabis for medicinal use, with 15 states having legalized the substance for recreational purposes. The North Carolina Senate also filed a bill that would exempt feminine hygiene products from sales tax. Senate Bill 614 would make feminine hygiene products more accessible and less costly to consumers. Sponsored solely by Democratic senators, feminine hygiene products are defined in the bill as tampons, panty liners, menstrual cups, sanitary napkins, and other similar tangible personal property designed for feminine hygiene in connection with the human menstrual cycle. The bill makes an exception for items considered grooming and hygiene products. If passed, this bill will go into effect on October 1st, 2021 and would apply to state sales made on or after this date. North Carolina annually collects an estimated $8.1 million from the sales tax collected from feminine hygiene products, which accounts for roughly 0.1% of the state's yearly revenue. Texas accounts for the highest, and North Carolina the second highest in the country. According to Period Equity, an organization fighting for menstrual equality, 20 states have already exempted feminine hygiene products from sales tax. Defenders of bills like this claim that this tax is an injustice to women as they are necessary products and not luxury products, like the other side has claimed. Closer to home, the UNCW SGA recently started a pilot program to provide free feminine hygiene products on campus. Their proposal was officially sent to the respective administration a couple of weeks ago and has yet to be voted upon. That's going to do it for this week. As always, all these stories and more can be found on theseahawk.org. The podcast was hosted by Nick Sicardi and edited by Paul Sean Condon. And these week's stories were brought to you by our Seahawk staff members, Veronica Wernicke and Andrew Lemon. Interested in contributing? The Seahawk is open to any UNCW student. You don't need any experience to write for the Seahawk. We are always looking for writers, photographers, artists, and marketers to contribute in as big or little capacity as you like. This is a great opportunity to get real published journalism experience while growing as a writer. And of course, make sure to follow us on our social media for news updates and highlights at The Seahawk News on Instagram and The Seahawk on Facebook and Twitter. From The Seahawk, this has been Sea Talk. Have a great week.